Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've got the uh, college football playoff rankings uh, show going on in front of us here at the station. Uh, in fact, we'll get right to it. Oklahoma just released as number six, meaning that uh, Utah, we're about to see them come up at, yeah, uh, at five. number five. Um, other relevant rankings, uh, uh, Oregon is now in at number 13. Baylor is at number seven. And it just is official. Utah is at number five. So it's Baylor seven, Oklahoma six, Utah five, Oregon back at 13. So since Baylor is at seven and Oklahoma is at six and Oregon, Georgia's at four, Oregon is 13. If Utah beats Oregon, but Oklahoma beats Baylor, then Oklahoma, then leapfrogs Utah. That would be their excuse. Yeah. Unless that's, Georgia beats LSU. That's the fear. Yeah. And, and Oklahoma's out and Utah's out. Yep. Yeah. Georgia, if that happens, it's over. It's over. All right. Uh, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease now through December 26th. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, former Ute and our good friend Christian Cox. Uh, Christian, uh, what's your reaction? Utah in at number five. What do you think? Well, isn't that exciting? Isn't it exciting that we get to do live yeah. uh, rankings release while we're on air? Good timing. Yeah, uh, Good timing. For me, for me, uh, yeah, for me, it's the Oklahoma scare. I think, I think, uh, old Gordon's putting the fear into people and looking worst case scenario like sometimes he does, you know, with his, his little, his little plant those seeds of, of scariness and it's completely accurate. Uh, it's kind of, sad to think that if Oklahoma beats Baylor, which they already beat him this year, uh, I really don't know how strong Baylor actually is. And that's, I think, I don't even think they deserve the, the sixth ranking, but that's just, you know, where they are on the season. They only have one loss, and, or I guess seventh in uh, Oklahoma. Uh, it, it's still, I, I still look at it, and obviously we have our, our lenses of bias because we're in the state and we're really rooting for the most balanced Utah team to get into the college football playoff, but I look at that Kansas State loss on the road. They got smashed. And I think the fact that USC has climbed up back in the rankings, they finished the season 8-4, and four, I think that helps Utah a lot. But still, uh, Utah's got to take care of business, and they got a beauty contest. And I cross their fingers that LSU takes care of Georgia, which I fully believe that they will. And uh, you, you better hope. Um, you know that things kind of pan out. So, what was what's Utah's ranking? Five, fifth, five, fifth, and fourth is Georgia. Yep. So, then Clemson, LSU, and Ohio State's got the top spot. Yeah, and, and you know, as I look at it, um, would you rather play Ohio State if you're the fourth, which would be a cool to get into the college football playoff? I personally would rather face a pro-style offense. State versus you. LSU's offense legitimately scares me. LSU's defense is a little weaker, but uh, this is the most balanced Utah team I've seen play. Um, that includes the teams I played on. 
Um, it's a well-oiled machine, and this is the year to get in, and you know, let's see how things shake out on Friday. Christian, as far as how Utah is playing, what are the things you're taking from the Colorado win? Yeah, I, I, it was one of the only games I've actually been to. I sat in the cold with my, my father-in-law and my in-laws on the 50-yard line. It was freezing, but uh, they, they did what they've done the last five weeks. They've won in convincing fashion. Yeah, they came out a little slow, but man, how, how neat is the evolution of the playbook, um, you know, of, of opening it up to having runs from Brant Keefe? Right, uh, two huge runs. It's a it's a play that they inserted in against Arizona. They rolled it out against Colorado, and Colorado couldn't stop it. And Grant Keefe, he's going to get definitely some attention from scouts. And uh, in terms of Oregon trying to stop him, uh, he's a matchup nightmare. Um, but you know what a game uh, from Tyler Huntley again from an efficiency standpoint, fourteen for seven, uh, seventeen I believe, uh, and. Utah just methodically controlled the game and uh, used the balance of the throw game to overcome Colorado, and Colorado was sold out to stop Zach Moss. And, you know, while it was kind of a, a, a sluggish start, uh, big plays from Simpkins in the punt return game, what did we see the final score of the 45-7 again? So, or 45-14, uh, you know, you're interested to see how does this Utah team actually match up against Oregon, and I've said for weeks, uh, even when they were only a one-loss team, I like Utah in that matchup, and I, I still stand by that. Christian, uh, what effect does it have on the offense when the defense is so dominant? It's got to give them confidence. It's got to help them, I guess, acquire some freedom to do what they are really good at, knowing that the guys on the other side of the ball, when they come on the field, are going to take care of a, a business for you. Well, you know, the term complimentary football, it kind of, you hear it and you're like, ah, it's a lame coach speak. But as a defender, if you believe in the offense that they'll go out and score, and they're actually going to, you get a turnover and they will go turn and turn it into a quick score, you, you just exude energy. It, it honestly pushes energy into you. You'll work harder as a group. And both units, uh, both units, offense and defense, and we've always had this, uh, sway the other way, right? Strong defense, okay offense, amazing special teams. Well, how about this year? We don't even flip and talk about kickers, hunters, because Utah actually scores touchdowns, right? The thing that we've always, oh, if they would have not kicked five field goals, they would have won the game. Uh, this year they, they, they punch it in. They're efficient on offense. And, you know, this defense is equally as balanced and dominant. And, again, I think we're – on the same record here going over and over they they've stayed healthy they're they're starting their starters basically play the entire game from Lecky Fotu, Bradley and I, Mika Tafua, Francis Bernard all the way to Julian Blackman, Terrell Burgess, all of these guys they've stayed close and you know Jalen Johnson got nicked up a little bit but they've all just con- consistently made plays all year and that feeds into the offense when Tyler Huntley takes over how excited would you be to hand the ball over to a, a senior who's not throwing in completions, hasn't thrown probably less than 70% all year? Oh, and by the way, uh, the Utah's all-time leading rusher and uh, yardage gainer, or whatever you want to call it, plus uh, all-time leading touchdown gainer from uh, a running back position. So 
it's just again, I, I you hope you can bottle this up. Uh, you you won't have this uh, for an, a few more years because it takes a lot of years to really kind of build. And the fact that Tyler Huntley, Zach Moss, Damari Simpkins, you know Bradley and I, all these older gentlemen who easily could you know, third or fourth or fifth round draft picks in the NFL stuck it out because they want to win a conference championship and they won the South. And now they're actually against Oregon in the championship game. If they win dominantly, if they win by two scores or more, I firmly believe that they will get into the, the, the college football playoff if LSU takes care of Georgia, which I, I, I envision that will happen. Christian Cox with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Christian, Pro Football Focus released uh, all Pac-12 first-team defense. And there were seven Utah names on that all Pac-12 first-team defense. Bradley and I, uh, Penasini, Fotu, uh, Francis Bernard, Julian Johnson, Blackman, and uh, Terrell Burgess, which is just amazing. I mean, seven players on an all Pac-12 team is, is just remarkable. So this is a more complicated question than maybe you would think. Who is the Utes MVP on defense this year? Oh, ooh, come on. That's not fair. Uh that's a tough one. Uh, you know, you look at the front four, if they're not getting pressure and if the back end's not locking it down, you don't get coverage sacks. I, I don't know. You're throwing the worst question at me. Not, and I'm not judging. It's just so hard. Uh, I, as a defensive end, I'd, I'd go, you know, I'd go Bradley and I. You know, he's creating pressure that you know, allows Terrell Burgess and Julian Blackman to make plays on the back end. Um, but, you know, he had a slow start to the season, and Bradley and I doesn't make plays if Lecky Foto and Pacini aren't eating up the middle and pushing these quarterbacks out to the edges. So, again, you're going to hate my answer. It's You need them all. You, you, it's, it's, it's a full unit, right? You can't survive in the radio space without Gordon, and you need Austin to produce that thing in the back end. So, uh, it's, it's a true team effort, and I didn't even I didn't know the seven had been released first team, and I'm not surprised. A great, great team, and, and let's go back to Morgan Scally, right? When we're all worried after the USC game, how's this team going to respond? And I think he's called a heck of a defense uh, this entire year, and has leveraged uh, the assets that he has, and they play with such good speed, uh, great poise, uh, and. Uh, you want to see how they do Friday night? I guess games on national TV on ABC, so we'll see how it goes. So I have a question that's just as tough as the one that Jake just asked you, Christian. It is this. How many NFL players are there on this roster? How many guys that are on Utah's roster right now do you think will end up uh, in some capacity in the NFL? Uh are we talking undrafted, or are we talking just drafted? A free agent, guy, everybody. Yeah, I probably nine or ten. I, I I firmly believe Huntley will get a shot now. I think he'll get a shot. Where last, if this was last year, right now, he'd be like, no, no thanks. He he'll go play in Canada or go work somewhere else. I think I think the evolution of the quarterback position and his ability to play under center has just been phenomenal. Um, I think some of the offensive linemen will get picked up, like Paolo. I think he'll he'll get picked up. Uh, Zach Moss is a lock. So you look at the seven first teamers on defense. 
um, if you want to look at that, I'd say nine to ten guys, and that's that is one of the biggest recruiting recruiting tools for Utah, right? Do we, hey, what do you want to play in the NFL? Well, we are second in the Pac-12 for putting guys in the league who are currently making millions of dollars, right? And we even had that tradition when we were in the Mountain West. And Kyle Whittingham is very, very, very well respected by NFL coaches and the type of program that he runs. And there's a good there's a good transition from uh, Utah guys into the league and having success. So um, I guess we'll find out in April. But these guys are great. These guys are so good. And even the younger guys who are playing, I, I still think Mika Tafua, obviously he's a sophomore, he's one of the he's one of the great players on this defense. 6'3", 255, really strong off the other edge. And that's why him and Bradley and I have been the benefactor of having two really good D tackles who clog up and they can just kind of pounce on quarterbacks when it's third and long and third and 12 and teams are just, you know, trying to get the ball out. So I'd say ten, nine to 10. Not to go backwards in our conversation here, guys, but I, I think all three of us with this college football playoff and the, the rankings coming out in Utah at five and Oklahoma at six, we all kind of fear that the Oklahoma brand will win out, right? Isn't, right. isn't that what we're talking about? Get this tweet. See, this is, this is where the fear is. Get this tweet coming from Reddit College Football Twitter account. So okay. I have no idea who's running this, but it's Reddit's College Football Twitter account, and they have 179,000 followers. So, uh-huh. uh, you know. You'd think they know what they're talking about. But anyway, this this is the tweet. It will be number six versus number seven in the Big 12 championship as Oklahoma and Baylor try to jump Utah for the final college football playoff spot. Utah is trying to become the first college football playoff participant that did not play in a major power conference. Yeah, I saw that same, uh, I saw that same tweet, and uh, I know the Pac-12 hasn't really been good this year. Okay, Utah's been in the league for that ten. A, that was a joke. I know, I mean, but give it some air there for a second. Well, excuse me, chuckles. No. But the, the, the Utah's been in the Pac-12 for ten years. Ten yeah. years, yeah. and and some Twitter account that's a college football expert, quote unquote, <laughs> has no idea that they're in the Pac-12. I mean, isn't that isn't this our fear that the that people only pay attention to the big names and that's what's going to win out? Oh, well, I hope I hope the selection committee, uh, Christian, is a little smarter than that. Well, they when did they bring the it's uh, the board of trustees and the athletic director of Oregon, who's at the head, who's calling the shots. It's a legitimate concern. It's Oklahoma's been in the last few years. Uh, they've had Heisman contender or Heisman winners the last two seasons. Lincoln Riley's a good draw. Uh, the nonprofit organization, the NCAA, is not motivated by money at all, right? So. Uh, definitely, you know, not trying to put in the, the people that are more favorable. And listen, Utah, at least Utah is in this position, and they truly, truly control their own destiny. And for them to get in, they're going to need an LSU win, and they're going to need to beat down Oregon. They're going to need to win by two scores or more, which isn't necessarily fair, right? But that's just kind of the, the, the landscape and the cards that are dealt uh, that Kyle has to overcome. And they have to win in convincing fashion on national television because for those who have watched Baylor, and I don't know if you guys have really watched them a lot, I, I caught the Oklahoma, uh, the Oklahoma Baylor game in full, and I watched them against West Virginia in full. Baylor, again, you could use the same argument. They're not the. They're, I don't even feel like they're a seven 
nation. They're not that great, and they haven't played that many tough teams. And the same argument was for Minnesota, but doesn't this sound like we're all at a bar drunk, just wasting our time talking hypotheticals? And well that's what we're that's what we're stuck doing. And it's not necessarily fair, but that's where we are until they actually expand it to eight uh, teams, which you know there'll have to be a lot of pain and a lot of adjustment. But hopefully, they can get there in the next five years because uh, it'd be a shame to have Utah held out if they beat down Oregon and win convincingly. And the only loss was to a, a, an SC team at home where they should have won. And this conversation wouldn't even exist if they would have won. Uh, but from that point on, they have dominated their, the teams that have been in front of them. And you hope that the balance of the team, offense, defense, and how electric both have been playing and show that they're the top-ranked defense and they could really go toe-to-toe with anyone uh, gets them in. I do. I, I I agree with the part that you said about how good the Utes have looked. I if Oklahoma beats Baylor, I'm not sure that the Utes are in control of their own uh, fate, because if if six beats seven, that'll be a better win than the Utes have had this year. Uh, even if they do beat Oregon, and if uh, the question is if Baylor beats Oklahoma. Will Baylor jump over Utah because Oklahoma would be the best win either team has had? Yeah, I got to go look and see who Baylor beat in the front of the year. Baylor went up 24-0 or 24-7 against Oklahoma. Uh, it was handling them. And uh, Jalen Hurts kind of brought them roaring back. And Yeah, I, I don't know the answer. And if, if that's the way it's going to be set up, hey – either team gets in over Utah because it's a six versus seven, you know, their, their fate is sealed. But I still, I still think that there's so much subjectivity that these, the board folks who are making these decisions on who's getting in, I think they'll look at, do you want a Utah team or Baylor? I, they'll for sure go with the Utah team. If you're looking at eyeball, if it's Oklahoma versus Utah, they're going to lean towards Oklahoma. And that's just the cold hard truth. We look at it. Jordan Brand, Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts, offensive strength. But if you flipped it over, what about a defense that's ranked number one in the conference? I don't know where they stack in the nation, close to the top in a lot of categories, I'm sure, especially rush defense. Can they stop anyone? And uh, I look at matchups. Utah plays extremely well against pro-style offenses, and I would love to see uh, an Ohio State-Utah matchup, first round, one versus four, Urban's old school. And Utah can't wear the, the old school Ohio State rip-off jerseys. they got to wear the normal ones. But that's what I'd love to see. And so uh, let's call to do their, I don't know, Santa Seas or do their cross or say their prayers because we need the Utes in. And how fun would that be if, if uh, the Utes are really going to college football playoff and kind of cap off an amazing season. And for those who are, would be unhappy with the Rose Bowl, I kind of fall in that camp personally. I, 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 it's, it's, they're too good of a team not to, not to, not to get in. And uh, they, will, they will show that on Friday if this team is truly deserving of that fourth spot. And that's, that's kind of the cool part of it. They get to prove it on Friday. Well, thank you as always, Christian. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the game on Friday. Okay, you too, Jake. Hi, Gordon. See you. See you guys. Thanks, Christian. That's Christian Cox, the former Ute. Tanner Mangum, the former Coug, joins us coming up next. Join Hans and Scotty on Thursday, hanging out with our good friends at Homie. 
And uh, they're actually going to be at uh, at a home like we were the other night, uh, Gordon. 2444 Canterwood Drive in South Jordan. Go hang out with uh, the folks at home, Ian Hanson Scotty. Uh, Tanner joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Want to remind you about the Ford Fan Zone. Purchase Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game. Receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as 37 bucks per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. Going to talk to Tanner Mangum coming up here momentarily. Talk a little BYU football. And you know what? We'll get Tanner's thoughts on the college football playoff and, uh, and the Utes as well. Indeed. Those are, uh, that's what everyone's talking about right now. Doesn't matter if you bleed blue or bleed red. How uh, have you, I haven't uh, checked Twitter all that much. How's the, how's the Ute fan base reacting to, uh, to the news? Everybody pretty positive? I mean, they moved up. They didn't get jumped this week. Look, anybody, anybody who is couched in realism at all has to understand what's going on here. And I'm not saying the Utes won't get in. There, there's still scenarios where they, they can get in. But even though that, that fifth ranking is, is real complimentary, it's tenuous. So I, I think I've, I've got a way for Utah to ensure it, though, uh, aside from taking care of business against, against Oregon. How? And it's, and it, and I, I feel like this is right up college football's alley. Okay. Bribes. <laughs> Bribes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and with the college football committee, how many of them are there? A dozen? Thirteen, I believe. You you could bribe that many people. It wouldn't be that hard. Uh, yeah, I guess you could. Okay, let's get out to the Sprint, What's your motivation? Sprint special guest line. Get <laughs> an iPhone, iPhone 11 when you activate a new line of service with FlexLease. And uh, eligible trade-in now through December, uh, let's see, December 5th. Visit the Sprint store near you. Of course, former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum. Uh, Tanner, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Hey, we are good, and we have lots of football to get uh, to uh, with you. But first, we need to get to another matter. <laughs> um, we're we're told that you you have um, I, I guess witnessed Gordon and this green bean casserole <laughs> around Thanksgiving. Does does he actually do it? You know, I think it's the one meal he'll make all year. It's the the, the one dish. That he'll uh, you know, he'll put the time in, and and so to his credit, he he gets in there in the morning and starts making it, and uh, and I had it and tasted it, and it was good. So, you know, when he when he wants to, he can, he can make a mean green bean casserole. Is there a microwave involved? <laughs> no. Uh, no, no. Okay, all right, okay. Okay, so there you I'm go. Glad he's, we he's at least backing got you that up. established. Why are you protecting him? Because you were—I mean, Austin—you were—you were—you were just attacking my reputation as a chef. <laughs> as so a say, chef, say, say, Tanner just said it's the one meal. Tanner, you're don't doing be here. afraid of him. Tell the truth. No, no, no. Hold on here. I do make meals for myself. I just don't. No, he, yeah, make meals every now and then he does. Meal. But but I'm saying like as far as like a big—that's like a big dish, you know. Yeah, but he's yeah. like he put in the time and. And, and didn't, he, uh, didn't poison the family. Good. <laughs> it was no. It was yeah. It was excellent. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, right. See that. Uh, let's let's talk some football, Tanner, and and specifically about BYU San Diego State. Gordon and I were talking about this yesterday. How I I feel like BYU in that game really shot themselves in the foot. They had over 400 yards of total offense and yet muster three points. And it's just you know mental focus stuff. How how does that stuff happen? This late in the season, you know, game 12, you think you would be sharp. How do they have a game like that now? 
Well, that, that was the story of the game. Just as you mentioned, over 400 yards, but only three points. That's only happened four times in the last 20 years where a team has amassed over 400 yards but scored three or less points. And BYU was actually one of those teams back in 2002 hmm. against UNLV, and now here they are doing it again. And it is unfortunate that it is this late in the season and, and, and that stuff is happening. But, man, San Diego State, they look good. They're, you know, they're, they're a rocky, long coach team. They're disciplined. They have a good defense. Every, every game they've played in this year has been low scoring and close. And if you expect to beat them, you have to be clean. You have to be sharp in all aspects of the game. And BYU wasn't. The, the two turnovers, um, the, the two interceptions, plus the fumble, plus two easy chip shot missed field goals really came back to hurt them. And, and the punting game was, was off as well, whereas San Diego State made their field goals. They pinned BYU deep. They took care of the football. And, and when you play San Diego State, that's a recipe for disaster. And so you have to give credit to the Aztecs for playing sharp, but then also you have to look at BYU and uh, you know, expect a little more out of them in that type of matchup. Tanner, I've heard Jake and I've heard other people bring this up, and so I'm curious to know what your thought is on it. Some people have said because BYU, quote-unquote, doesn't have anything to play for, that that affects the overall effort uh, put forth in a game. Do you buy that, or do you think uh, that's a load of hooey? No, I'm, I'm shorting that stock. I'm not buying that at all. I, I, I think these players, I know these players on the team. I talk to them, and, and no, they, they, they're dialed in. They want to win as many games as they can. You know, These, these guys don't want to play with a 7-5 and five record and, and you know potentially 7-6. and six. They want to get as many victories as they can under their belt and uh, and they play hard and they prepare hard, but I just think in this type of situation, you know, the last three games played UMass, Liberty, Idaho State. The competition was very low, and then you have to all of a sudden now play a much tougher, much stouter San Diego State team. It's just different, and 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 BYU's defense looks pretty good. I mean, they held them to 13 points. Granted, they didn't create any, any turnovers, which hurt, but. They, they, they did their job. You know, you can't really ask much more than that than to, than to hold a team under 14 points. But I think BYU's offense was where they really came up short. Um, and and uh, I just think they, they didn't make the plays that they needed to when it mattered most. Going up against a, a quarterback who was his first start. Yes, which was, which was um, something that I was really keeping my eye on. It's his first start. Um, and I, you know, I, I expected him to make some mistakes, but he played a very rocky, long type of game. Just a, just a conservative game manager. Didn't, you know, he had, he had some some deep throws down the sideline, which which were beautiful throws. But for the most part, he just just did his job, took care of the ball, didn't make any mistakes, and BYU didn't rattle him. They didn't get to him. They didn't create any turnovers, um, which which is what. Which is what has helped BYU throughout the season. In their victories against Tennessee, against USC, they 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 created turnovers, they had interceptions, but they couldn't force any against San Diego State, and, and uh, that definitely didn't help the cause. But it's, it it was an ugly loss. It hurt. It hurt BYU to to kind of end that five game win streak in that fashion. Kind of leaves a bitter taste in them in the in, in, in the mouth of Cougar Nation. But uh, now they have to bounce back. You know, this is their last chance now, this bowl game, to really show that they're trending in the right direction. 
So, Tanner, let's talk about the quarterback position in the offseason. I realize they still have a, a bowl game to go. But in the offseason, you, you know, we've seen Zach, and, of course, that went over USC. Uh, you know, Tennessee was was terrific. But we've seen these other two quarterbacks come in and, and play really well as well. I understand going back to Zach this year because he was QB1, and, and that's how it is. But in the offseason, do you open this thing up and, and give all of them an equal shot at the position next year? I, I, I don't. Yeah, I think you have to. I, I, I think um, looking at what Baylor has done this year, stepping in and and facing a tough Boise State team at uh, um, at home in, in his first start, and then playing against Utah State and Liberty, like he he didn't make any really boneheaded mistakes. He didn't make any freshman mistakes. He he was sharp. He was clean. He was poised. And, and had a great demeanor and, uh, and took care of the ball for, for the most part and, and did a great job in leading the, the Cougars to victory there. And, show, and he's shown that he can compete. He's shown that he can play. Um, and, and Zach is obviously still, I, I don't think he's 100% healthy. And so obviously a full, health, a full off season of, of, with, with full health would be great for him. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a competition. Um, and, and just making them earn it. Um, but I, I think it's a good problem to have if you're BYU, knowing that you have options. And now, let's not forget about Jaron Hall. He's also shown that he's capable, shown that he's talented. Uh, he also has baseball to worry about. And, and with his concussions, who knows what he's thinking. You know, he might, who knows, he might just uh, focus on baseball or he, he might, you know, stay on the, on the football team. But in, within a different role, it's tough when you have three guys that can play um, but uh, he's athletic enough where you can use him in different ways. But we'll see what he does with his health. That's the first and foremost concern is getting his, his head right. But as far as Zach and Baylor, um, you know, I, I can attest. I was there. I played with both of them. Zach is a fierce competitor, and he's amazing in practice. You know, he's, he's lights out in practice. He's got incredible arm talent. Um, and I think if you give him a full off season, fully healthy He's going to bounce back. He's going to be all right. And uh, I, I think he's going to bounce back in this bowl game. I think he'll show what he's capable of and uh, you know, be able to kind of get, gain some momentum going into the offseason. So even if they do make it a competition, I think Zach is the better quarterback, and he'll show that. He'll prove that. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to, to, to uh, victories and, and showing it on the, on the field, not just on the practice field. But I think he's capable of that, and I, I expect him to do so. Tanner, I, I'm going to ask you to speculate on this a little bit because I, I don't know whether you've had any conversations with anybody down there. But with that situation at quarterback, would any of those guys be tempted to go elsewhere because they've proven they can play? Yeah, it's a great question. I, and I haven't talked to any of them about this, so I don't know. This is purely speculation. But I, I don't expect Baylor to leave. Uh, his brother's there, obviously, on the team with him, Gunner. Um, his his wife is there. He, he, I, I don't know. I just don't get that feeling that he would go somewhere else. You know, I could be totally wrong, but that's just my my gut feeling. And then with Jaron, I'm not sure just because of what I mentioned earlier. Because he does play baseball and he's a great baseball player, and he has that to worry about. Um, and and then the cu- concussions come into play too. You know, he he wants to make sure that he's healthy long term. You know, for the rest of his life. And so. He's obviously proven that he could play. He could go co- contribute somewhere else, but I don't know. Um, I, you know, I, I, I can see him just staying 
and playing baseball and then, you know, still playing football, but maybe just in, in a different role, you know, finding ways to get him on the field in different ways, um, different packages and things like that. So there is a chance that one of them could transfer. It, w- it would make sense. I wouldn't blame them if they wanted to go somewhere and play. But at the same time, I can see both of them staying in in place and uh, just kind of using that opportunity to be at BYU in, in, in different ways. So it remains to be seen, but I, I, I feel like I, see, I can see both of them stay, sticking around. And that's a luxury that BYU has that most places don't, to have three quarterbacks who can win. Who can win games for you, man? That, that, that's that's pretty rare. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that Aaron Roderick uh, is is thankful for, and he and he's a good coach, and he's been involved a lot more the second half of the season with opening up the playbook, getting more involved in the play calling, and uh, it's good because you know I think at both at Utah and then it's and then last year at BYU he was held back a little bit. You know he was wasn't able to just fully have control and, and not that he has 100% control now but he's getting he's having a little bit more of a say in, in the offense and uh, and he's done a good job coaching all those guys up and getting them ready to, to compete and props to them for you know all three contributing and leading teams to victories Tanner thank you very much as always we always appreciate it okay thanks y'all thanks for having me thanks Tanner Tanner Mangum former BYU quarterback what would you do what would you do if you're, I were who? You're one of these backup quarterbacks. You got Zach Wilson in front of you, and you're and you're really good. Well, I you're, guess that's, you're good. Like I mean, a, you can freaking play. Would you Would you be so hungry to do so that you would be willing to uproot? Well, I'd need to know if Zach Wilson were really in front of me. That's why I asked Tanner. I mean, you give everybody an equal shot at that job. I mean. If you're if you're Romney, if you're Baylor Romney, are you asking me to to accept that Zach Wilson is better than me because I just smoked uh, <laughs> Boise State? You know, can't smoke at BYU. You get my point. But it, honestly, if if they if that's Zach Wilson's job and I don't think I can beat him out and the coaching staff, I'm out transferring. Well, even I don't, if, I even if everyone is proclaimed equal, you know. Uh, some people are more equal than others. I, I'd want to play quote, uh, George Orwell. If I were either of those guys, now if I'm Jaron Hall, maybe I do want to play baseball. And you heard Tanner uh, allude to that. But you know, if I feel like I can play D1 football, I want to play. I'd go. Hmm. That'll be interesting to keep an eye on. All right, stay tuned. More Big Show next, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. There's a lot of conversation about we all know Oklahoma is going to get in over Utah, that the Pac-12 is going to get the raw deal. My point about that has always been the same. There's actually not yet a moment in history where the Pac-12 can be like, see, that team right there should have gotten in. So if it does happen, this is actually the first time that it's happened. Because up to this point, it's been nothing but conjecture. And yet just because there's no cold, hard proof and evidence that it has happened doesn't mean it won't, doesn't mean there's not a bias. And my paranoia, Tony tells me, that brand of Oklahoma being a blue blood college football national program, that might carry the day. I feel like that could still be a possibility. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Listen, uh, coming up tomorrow on a Win Ticket Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to Journey. They're going to be out on the road next summer with the Pretenders on a North American tour featuring all new production and hits from start to finish. Your chance to see them live is May 21st at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Uh, Gordon, the big news in the 5 o'clock hour, Utah comes in at number 5 in the college football playoff poll. Yes, and the, the the news that's just as big is the fact that Oklahoma and Baylor are nipping at the heels. Six and seven. Yeah. And those two teams play each other, obviously, in the Big 12 championship game. And uh, But uh, really, the, 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 mo- the biggest game that is going to affect the Utes is LSU-Georgia. Yep. It is. Because if Georgia wins, then... It's over. Yeah, it's over. Um, the uh, the head of the committee, the AD there at Oregon, I just saw he made some comments that the, the most hotly contested rankings this week were Utah and Oklahoma. Yep. And if that's hotly contested as it is, what's it going to be if Oklahoma beats Baylor? That is not a good indication for the Utes. You know, people didn't like the computer rankings, but one thing about it is you knew what the standards were. I mean, if you looked into it, into the formula, into the computer, you knew what what they were valuing. I mean, the the committee just seems like they can actually do whatever's convenient and then point out a number of different excuses to do just what they wanted to do, right? All you have to do is read the transcripts of these press conferences after the rankings. They are comical. So what weighs more, your best win or your worst loss? Right. You know, does final score matter? Does it not? Yeah. And it yep. just it just changes with the personality of whoever's on the and, on the silly committee? And how many times has Rob Mullen said, hey, it's not a science, it's an art? So I kind of like the human aspect of it. I, I really do, because it allows for, for factors and to, to bend with the wind a little bit. But I also don't like it, be, or I don't like it, because you don't know what the standard is. You don't know where the finish line is. You don't know. You don't know exactly what you have to do or by what criteria you're going none. to be there judged. There is no criteria. See, that's the thing. That's why I like it better because it's not a farce that you're implying that there's some scientific formula to figure it out. There isn't. Okay, and there so, never has been. So, what is more important then, who you lost to or who your best win is against? And and it's how more of an art than a science. But what what about your art? What is Gordon Monson's opinion on that? Uh, I, it, it changes, I, right? It changes. It changes, and that's why I am anti-system. I I don't think that there is a good answer to that question. That's why the only real solution is what I've been a proponent of all along, and that's an 18 playoff with every conference champion in, and then three at larges, and then you say, well, wait a second. Now you are still got opinion coming into play for those three at larges. Yes, but it's not – a factor for the top five. Those Utah, if they beat Oregon, is in. Why? Because they won their conference. They deserve to be in. And then if by some crazy circumstances you have a really, really good team that didn't win its conference or maybe a really great, great group of five team, then there's a place for that team as well. So, I don't know. We just got to live with this now. And the reason it's so heavily on... Uh, our minds is because this Utah team is generationally good. It is just a spectacular team, 
and uh, it may not get in. And if it doesn't, then they should go to the Rose Bowl and have a great time there. All right, we'll have more Big Shows straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, and uh, Gordo, I tell you what, it's there's there's no shortage of things going on around here, is there? Yeah, and a lot of it centers around the, the Utes right now. If you're looking for a positive story, number five in the nation. We'll see if they can hold on to that or move up. Obviously, uh, they, they have intentions of moving into the top four. But if they don't, uh, I you know I still think the Rose Bowl would be a lot of fun for them. And Jake, I wish I trusted the selection committee a little better. Um, yeah, I I I wish I did too. But I, I guess it kind of depends on your perspective, right? I mean, because yeah, uh, you can make arguments for any of these teams. You really can. If Oklahoma beats Baylor, well, that's a better win than the Utes have had, even if they beat Oregon. Right. So, uh, I mean, it, you can argue it a thousand different ways no but it is, isn't it crazy that tomorrow night BYU plays Utah at the Huntsman Center and I've hardly thought about yeah, it yeah that's true yep they do early season college basketball is just so different even just, even a big rivalry type right. situation well I bet even Ute fans and, and, and hey fans, a bunch of fans will still go to the Huntsman Center and I'm sure it'll be a fun environment but even Ute fans probably have hardly given that a thought and Utah, but by the way, Utah basketball is off to a better start than I thought they would be. Yeah, but Utah's a football school. It is now. I was kind of joking, but not really. Yeah, well, when did that that transition probably happen around what around Urban Meyer, and then cemented when uh, when they went to the Pac-12? It it sure seems that way. Because '80s and '90s basketball school, right? But football is college football is is just the big dog. It's bigger than college basketball. Yeah. Every, I mean, I guess not everywhere, but I mean, uh, on the whole, college football is bigger than college basketball. And a lot of a lot of concerns about the Jazz right now. I mean, that seems to be on a lot of sports fans' minds, wanting to see the progress, the improvement that Quinn Snyder talks about all the time, wanting out of his team, because as he has proven in the past. The uh, you know the way they play right now doesn't matter like it does later in the year. Although that playoff positioning is awfully important this time around. Yep. So, I I hope the Jazz get a win against the Lakers just to get some people off the off the ledge. Yeah, that would that would certainly boost the Jazz if they were able to do that. They're eight and one at home. I mean, we'll see. So. Because they really, Gordon, they were coming back from this road trip with a winning record, but I think people were expecting better than one on four. Yeah. So I think some people are freaking out a little bit, and they need to they need a good showing at home. And and hey, L.A. The Lakers are on the second night of a back to back. They play in Denver tonight, so that's a tough back to back at elevation. So maybe the playing field will be evened a little bit as the with the Jazz a day off to get reacclimated. Yeah, because coming off a tough five gamer like that, that's a that that puts you at a disadvantage for sure. I mean, when we were looking at Bowler today, I was shocked he was even awake. Bowler is a machine, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> Bowler, Bowler's I'm ready not, to go. That's not a commentary on Bowler. It's a commentary on the five-game road. He was shooting TV commercials all day today. And recording a radio, at least one radio commercial today. And saving this show. Oh. Hmm. Sorry. 
was joking. <laughs> well, on he, that he note, was good. No, Bowler was great today. And and he's up, uh, Tanner Mangum, Christian Cox, they're all up at 1280thezone.com, or you can find them where you get your podcasts. Simply search The Big Show, and uh, you can find all of our content there. Wanna you think- guys didn't think that was funny? I, uh, uh, no. That was, that was uh, kind of a slap at us. It's a little mean. Oh. Should we laugh? You don't, you don't like roasts? That's not your thing? We never do that to you. Never. Do you do to us? Well, I, I, I hate you. So. <laughs> Good night. Uh, we do want to thank Austin for his fine work on the show, as usual. Thank all those guests that I just mentioned. Uh, thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Jake. And thanks to all our listeners, because contrary to what Austin thinks, we appreciate the fact that you love us at least part of the time. Or at least you tolerate us enough to listen to us. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> that mean you couldn't do without him? Or? <laughs> yeah, I just, exactly. I love the swing there. He was like, if you love us or or tolerate us you know there's a pretty there's a pretty wide swath there gordon uh but we'll talk to everybody well if you, if, if people love you or hate you if they if they love to hate you then that's as good as loving to love you or something like that. i have no idea what what you even said what right you don't there, want then. them to hate to hate you or to hate to love you We'll talk to you tomorrow. Something like that. On the big show. I don't know. 97.5. 80% of uh, sports is like half mental. 1280 The Zone.